Hey guys, welcome to a new episode of Gay Side Stories, where the gay shit goes. I am your host, Trillificent. Thank you so much for joining me for another week. Please make sure that you are subscribed to the show. And where can you do that? Several places. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, your favorite podcast app such as Overcast. Or you can listen to the show over at GaySideStories.com slash shows. Hashtags. Remember to use the hashtag GaySidePod when you tweet and have conversation about the show or if you post on any other social media. And also as a favor to me, whenever you post about the show, please use the hashtag PodsByQPOC. That's PodsByQPOC. That is the initiative that I've been doing to try to bring some more awareness to specifically podcasts hosted by queer people of color. So that's black and brown folks. Send in your gay side mail to gaysidestories at gmail.com. And again, that can be anything. It can be letters. It can be compliments. If you have show topic ideas, stories, if you have host stories, if you have stories about your dealings on the apps, anything like that, send that stuff in. And that's pretty much it. So now let's start the show. Hey, guys, I'm here with Allie of the Brown Sugar Iced Tea podcast. Allie, welcome to the show and thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. I'm honored. Really oh. honored. <laughs> <laughs> I'm honored that you agreed. I was like, "Ooh, let me shoot my podcast shot and see what happens. No, I've been, I've been following you. Gosh, I'm on my second Twitter account now. I started following you. Uh, I can't remember when it was, but I, I want to say like this was back when you were like Kuhn Loaf or whatever. And you like oh, yeah. started like giving, you know what I mean? Like giving your testimony or whatever. And that's when I guess you gained a bigger audience. And I was like, wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ooh, that had to have been 2010. Yeah. Old Twitter. Old Twitter. That was three accounts ago. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I've been following you since then. And then I took like a Twitter hiatus for like, I want to say maybe three years or so. And then when I came back, like, it was like I fell right back in line. And then when I saw you had your podcast, I was like, damn, this is really dope. So I caught up on most of the episodes and I'm like, I really like what he's doing. I appreciate that. So speaking of podcasts, why don't you tell us a little bit about yours? All right. Well, I like you said, I have a podcast called Brown Sugar Iced Tea. It started back in early February. I actually had an idea for a podcast maybe like a, a little, maybe a, a year and a half ago. I bought equipment, did everything like, yeah, I'm going to start a podcast because I used to do radio when I was a kid and I want to get back into it. Mm-hmm. Sat on the equipment for a very, very long time. And then uh, one of my friends that I grew up with, he was like big into the media scene and everything here in Atlanta. And he like abruptly passed away. And then after that, I was like, look, tomorrow's not promised. He was younger than I was. I need to get the ball moving. So I ended up joining this uh, this group called Black Girls in Media. And I said, hey, I want to start a podcast, but I feel like I need a co-host and I don't know like what I want to do or who I want to do it with. But I feel like I need a co-host. A couple of people reached out to me, but only one person was, you know, like persistent. Like, hey, I think we should do something. And she was like, yeah, I'm gay. And I was like, oh, I'm gay, too. (laughs) Maybe this could be something. And three weeks later, we we had our first episode. We had a pilot. So it's I don't know. I don't know if you believe in a higher power, but I believe that there's something greater than us that be. And that's responsible for all of this. So. It, it just kind of worked out and we're like 11 or 12 episodes in now. Mm-hmm. But basically, um, you know, we talk about a little bit of pop culture, music. Um, we dabble a little bit on fashion, but mostly we celebrate black women. And then we talk about, you know, issues in the lesbian community or just, you know, different conversations that people may have. We kind of expound on that. And our slogan is, you know, brown sugar iced tea where you can get your tea served cold. So. We give our opinions on things, but we don't sugarcoat anything. Yeah, super dope. Super dope. Yeah, I, I've been listening to the show. I find myself recently appreciating my black lesbian sisters more. 
Mm-hmm. So I'm like, well, let me listen to what y'all got to say. Like, gays, uh, y'all always <laughs> around. <laughs> I'm one of y'all. I'm contributing to the culture. Let me see what what the sister didn't have to say. Mm-hmm. And so I've been enjoying it because it's such a different perspective. Like, even though we're in the same community, right? Men and women are so different. Our relationships are so different. Our way of thinking is so different. Even if it's aligned. A lot of times in my experience, in my opinion, we can get to the same end, but take completely mm-hmm. different routes. Yeah. And so it's very interesting to see on the other side, what's it like in the lesbian community? Because I don't know. I'm not yeah. a lesbian, you know, and, and there's a, a degree of separation between the two, I think, which we'll get into a little bit later. Right. So it's very, very interesting to me. And now I'm like, well, you know, I've been kind of trash and I like skip lesbian media, like <laughs> movies and stuff. But now I want to go back and watch it because I'm like the gay stuff. I'm like y'all boring. <laughs> it's the <laughs> same trash. Here's some movie. Somebody got to take their shirt off. Somebody in the shower. Mm-hmm. Somebody fucking somebody, daddy or brother. Some weird. It's always, I'm like, where's the where is the passion where you know so like well let me maybe it's all in the lesbian media because the gay you know you get i've gotten to a point was like i need a break it's a little vapid not that there's anything wrong with that i appreciate it but Mm -hmm. sometimes you gotta shake it up so yeah that's one thing i appreciate about your show Thank you for listening. I really appreciate that. Anybody who listens, I, I really appreciate it because, you know, we, we do it for for everyone who listens, whether we have 10 listeners or if we have 100. So, someone's listening and, and it resonates with someone or either we're, you know, offering, you know, a, a fresh year, like a fresh perspective on, on how things are, like you said. So Yeah, yeah, no problem. So since we're here, let's play a little game let's continue breaking the ice and let's slide on to the queer query question so first question what's your favorite song this week this week my favorite song is by uh this local artist here in atlanta his name is a lot of people may not know about him but a lot of people here know about him his name is jonah cruz Mm -hmm. um and the song is called friday so basically the song is you know, about talking about, you know, it's Friday, I, I just got paid, you know, I want to, you know, if you smoke, smoke, if you want to, you know, drink, drink, but it's Friday, and I'm I'm glad I made it through the week, <laughs> so, real, yeah, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's what I've been listening to this week, because I'm anticipating Friday, I just started a new gig where I have weekends off now, so, hey, congrats. so I, I, <laughs> Thank you. So I, I feel everybody on that whole. I'm I'm waiting for Friday. So yes, that's what indeed. I've been. Yes, indeed. Um, I tweeted about this very, very, very late past, but one of my mutual followers, and you may uh, know of him too on Twitter. His name is Jeff Taylor. His at name on Twitter is Jeff Uz. I think I'm not. I never really knew how to say that. Anyway, it's J E F F U H Z. I've seen that name. Mm-hmm. He did an EP called Retrograde, and it's on SoundCloud. Now, this came out like 10 months ago, but because mm-hmm. I'm trash, it takes me a long time to get into stuff, <laughs> which, you know what? Quick tangent slash side note. I realized today that that might actually be a blessing that it takes me so long to get into things because mm-hmm. I've been seeing this recurring pattern lately of new artists pop up. Mm-hmm. And then like some old tweets pop up and then you then you see that they were problematic. And most oh. times it saves me from having to quote unquote cancel them or all of that kind of stuff. Cause I'm like, well, I never listened to the shit anyway. Cause <laughs> you know, I have a, a backlog. <laughs> so, oh, well, I'll just delete that from the backlog. So, you know what? I'm not, I'm, I'm not even going to hold myself on that. You're right. That's a good way to look at it. Because if I'm not mistaken, someone got canceled today. City Girls, which that was on my to listen list. Uh, apparently, one of them is was is was homophobic. I don't know. Doja Cat mm. came out sounding crazy. 
Yeah, I saw I saw a few screenshots. So I haven't listened to any of her other music, even though people said, "Oh, her music is dope." Is this? Yeah, is that? Exactly. I was like, okay, well. They're like, you know, she should have just said, I apologize instead of, you know, doubling down. And so, yeah, or she could have just not volunteered yep. that information to begin with. Like, yeah, that was so weird. Anyway, so <laughs> back to Jeff. Sorry. So the name of the EP on SoundCloud is Retrograde. And he mm-hmm. has a song on there called Can You Imagine, which is just really. I mean, I could be putting words into his mouth but the lyrics of the song it kind of makes you feel like it's a dedication to the community because Mm -hmm. it's kind of like can you imagine basically a world where it's not (laughs) crappy to be gay or trans like Mm -hmm. you know he kind of goes through these scenarios and it's like can you imagine and mm-hmm. anyway, it's just a, it's a dope song. Um, I'm going to link that EP in the show notes. So if you guys are interested in checking out Jeff's EP, it'll be right there. Click on that. Go to SoundCloud. Give him some spins. Tell him I sent you and enjoy. Yeah, I'm going to have to check that out. Yes, yeah, it, was, it was pretty dope. I was like, OK, come on. He has another song on there with like the most amazing bridge that i've like lyrically that i was like oh so i was in the grocery store listening to it and let me tell you the words were so powerful i I, it felt like my knees got weak i was leaning up on the basket like wait a minute (laughs) like you're not gonna come for my proverbial wig like this i don't have the time i'm trying to get me some groceries you know i'm over here with the almond milk about to fall all in the bin (laughs) because you done struck a nerve (laughs) They're going to have a clean up on the aisle. Listen, and they're going to have a time with my big ass. So. <laughs> okay, next question. And it's actually going to be rapid fire. So I'm going to say a word and you say the first thing that comes to mind without taking time to think about it. Okay. All right, ready? Yep. Sleep. Deprivation. Oh, girl. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, horizon, sun, chat, girls, smile, mine, ratchet, girls. <laughs> okay, for staying on brand, I'm here for it. It's all about the girls, girls, girls. Yes. All right, last question. You ready? What's one of your podcasting goals? Mm. I don't know. I guess one of my podcasting goals, and this is a really, really big goal, is to be able to talk with Lena Waithe and pick her brain. Oh, that's that would be dope. I I really love the work that she's doing and that she's, you know, been doing over the years. And I feel like she's really this sounds really funny. I don't know. But how they say orange is the new black is it's almost seeming like, you know, gay and lesbian is the new black because it's almost like she's making it a household thing. Like, it's OK. Like how she said when in one of her speeches before, like, come out wherever you are. Like, it's OK. It's safe. You can do that. And she's, you know, giving other people the courage to, you know, come out and live their lives as opposed to, you know, being in the closet. And yeah, I I just really want to pick her brain to see like where all her ideas came from and, you know, kind of some of the plans that she has for the future and where she'd like to, you know, go with her brand and all of that. So, yeah, yeah, that's my biggest goals to be able to lean away. Yeah. Come on. High class (laughs) interview. Celebrity (laughs) interviews. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. All right. Well, that wraps up that. Hopefully you guys got a little bit of a better idea of what kind of woman Allie is. Mm-hmm. So let's get into the main topic. So I teased this a little bit earlier in the introduction and I want to talk about lesbian and gay relations, because as I said earlier, it's so different. The communities, while we are part of the same community, the sub communities are so different. 
to a degree, I sometimes feel like it's almost like oil and water. But mm-hmm. I want to get into it a little bit and see what your opinions are on a couple of things. So first up, what's your opinion of the relations between gay men and lesbian women? Um, I feel it varies. Uh, I do feel like there is a really, really big disconnect mm-hmm. between two, you know, sub communities, but at the same time there's that very very small percentage where you have some that are like really close. And I think a lot of that has to do with either it's a, a gay guy and a gay girl that may have, you know, grown up together, shared story coming out stories or or either, you know, they're older and they, maybe they meet in college or something and they end up being really good friends or their coworkers and end up being really good friends, but uh the a bigger picture of it i think there really is a there's a disconnect not saying that they you know have a disdain for each other but i don't i don't think the support is there on both sides okay um i would agree with that i think also and this could be pocketed it, it may not be a, a large scale mm-hmm. issue but i feel like sometimes gays have a weird way of looking at lesbians especially studs mm-hmm. yeah and i think it runs a little bit deeper than the jokes where it's like oh that would be my studs man and i could see myself <laughs> getting with with her and that can be my sir like it's surface level jokes but i think that there is something deeper rooted there Mm-hmm. And it's almost like just because the woman is a lesbian and she presents masculine, you don't really respect her agency as still being a woman. Right. And it's like, oh, well, that's easy to convert. And it's like, well, I've heard about a gay man and a stud being together. And it's just like, have you like, is that real? Is that like a one off? Is that surely that's not something that you see often. Right. I, I also feel like sometimes and this could go both ways. I think it depends on the scenario and the geographic location, like who's around you. But I feel like sometimes gay men kind of collect a mm-hmm. lesbian woman or maybe a lesbian couple, kind of the way we accuse black women or women of collecting gay men as like Ooh. little yes. ass- accessories. accessories. Right. Yeah, But I think that goes the other way, too, because I think that sometimes lesbians can kind of do the same thing with gay men. But I think it's more difficult the other way because women are a lot less accepting of foolishness. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? And I could be making this up. I don't know. But I just feel like the things that I've seen and the conversations that I've seen and even the portrayals in media if it's lesbians kind of adopting a gay man, it's like, get your life together. We'll help you. We'll support you. We'll be your Mm -hmm. aunts or whatever the case may be. However you want to frame that, but you're not going to come over here with that foolishness. Right. Whereas on the flip side, if it's kind of like lesbian women hanging out with gay men, it's like, I'm just here for a good time. And then I'm going home to my woman. I'm not here again. It's the same thing. Actually, I'm not here for y'all's foolishness, like all the drama and all of that kind of stuff. Like I'm, I will come to the club and we will have drinks and then I'm leaving. <laughs> yeah. But I think that sometimes there, there's a, a, a small collection element going both ways. Yeah. I, I, I totally agree with that. The whole, you know, having a like, oh, I want a gay best friend or I want a gay friend. I need me a guy, you know, guy friend I can go shopping with. Right. Kind you of know. falls into those stereotypes. Yeah. And that's not cool. In my opinion, that, that that's not cool because they're more than just someone that you just go shopping with. Like this is an actual person who has feelings like maybe they they think they have a genuine friend in you. But really, all you want to do is just go shopping and have someone to tell you this looks good or this doesn't look good. Right. Right. So, yeah, that was just those are just my my little thoughts on those relations. But I definitely think that there is a disconnect. And if we're going if we're being honest, I feel like even though it's on both sides, I think a lot of the onus is on men 
mm-hmm. because even with gay men, a lot of times they they don't want to hear what women have to say. They don't try to bridge that gap. Like mm-hmm. I, I again, this is my opinion, but I think if gay men really came together and say, you know what, we're gonna do right by other people in the community, basically everyone that's below us. Mm-hmm. because I do believe in the hierarchy even within the community. As yeah. I've said many, many times, trans people are at the bottom of the totem pole and whatnot. But I think if gay men really said, okay, we need to really understand our lesbian sisters and we really need to be able to bond and have a strong connection with each other. If gay men took that initiative, I think that the relations would be a lot better. Because yes. I think if women said we are your sisters we really need to stand together gay men will be like oh girl whatever y'all are just being dramatic we just here for the drinks and the party you know what i mean like i think it's a unfortunately it's one of those things where it's like if it's not the men's idea to do it then it's trash to them until it becomes a necessity and then you know this is not this is exclusive of marching for rights and and justice if someone gets murdered or killed like that's different i'm just saying every your everyday male female gay lesbian relation because it's like even with the with the separation within the community which i believe is necessary to a degree because i can imagine as lesbian women y'all don't always want to be around men yeah. And we know men don't always want to be around women. So I think it's important for us to have our own establishments, but I don't think it's very easy or common for us to come together. Like when you think about black pride events, you don't see that many lesbian women in the mix. Mm-hmm. At least I don't. Or maybe they just are good at dodging the cameras. I don't know. <laughs> but year after year when i see those events i'm like i see a whole lot of men Mm -hmm. but i don't see that many lesbian women and then you think about i don't and because i'm not plugged into your community i don't know about if you have your own kind of i know there's one in miami i think it's called sizzle and that's Mm -hmm. where all of the kind of black or maybe lesbians of color go and mm-hmm. that's like one of the few times where I see like a pride event mm-hmm. with a sea of women. Everything else is men. But we'll get into that a little bit. Actually, right now. So, in my opinion, I feel like gay men, and I've said this before, mm-hmm. they tend to be the focus of conversations about LGBT plus activism and representation and inclusion. Do you agree or disagree and why or why not? Honestly, I I do agree to a cer- to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. To a certain extent, I do agree because anytime you you see anything about LGBTQ rights, who's speaking? Men. Yeah. Who's who's always in the forefront? Men. They're always the ones who who you know they're out on the on the front lines the most. Not saying that women aren't aren't there, but the men have a larger turnout. And I mean, naturally it's just been that way for, for years, you know, even when back when the whole, you know, HIV and AIDS epidemic started, there were men on the front lines because they were affected the most. So they were the ones I feel like who were fighting the most over the years. So it's just kind of a, a a thing that just keeps going. Women are fighting too, but there are more men fighting for rights Mm -hmm. because they've had to deal with it for so long so it's not that the women don't it's it's just not a lot of us cuz i feel like to a certain extent women being gay it's it's accepted more than than men mm-hmm. because when you most of the time when people think about oh a gay male the first thing they think about is oh i don't want him near me or they might do something to my kid or oh they might be sick you know, stupid shit like that mm-hmm. versus a woman. If a woman says that she's gay, the first thing that comes to some people's mind is they they take it, you know, sexually. Right. That's, 
That's the very first thing that they do. Yeah. So I think a lot of times because of that, they aren't able to get their, their voice out there because not a lot of them want to deal with all of that. So Yeah, um, I, I agree with that. And I think the reason why I say that, and I, again, I don't think it's the first time I've said this even on this podcast, but I feel that way because you look at the landscape and again, most times when there's something going on, the men are centered. Now there are women out there writing articles and doing things like that, but Mm -hmm. usually they're using Twitter as an example. The retweets are less, the likes are less. There's less people sharing it and talking about it versus when it's a gay man, usually a white one, or even sometimes a white woman, because the Mm -hmm. the race aspect is a factor. It's a huge explosion. And you look at it like, okay, but these people of color, these women of color, these lesbian women are saying the same thing, but their voices are not quite as amplified. Right. And I think another example of that, and because you brought her up and it fits, you look at Lena Waithe and all the things that she's doing and everyone's looking like, oh my God, look at this amazing black super lesbian and she done cut off her dreads and she's walking in her truth. But then you sit back and you really think about it. It's like, how many black lesbian women are doing that? Thank you. Or let me rephrase. How many black lesbian women are doing that and being recognized for it? Because I don't, I can't think of that many examples. No. You know, who's in Hollywood doing amazing things like Lena Waithe? The only thing, the only name I could come up with off off the top of my head was Wanda Sykes. Yeah. And then another thing, Wanda Sykes, she's non-gender conforming. So I can't even say that. Well, I didn't know that. No, I'm just saying like, you know, Lena Waithe, she presents herself as some may say like a stud or whatever. So, I mean... Uh, maybe I worded that wrong, but, you know, Wanda Sykes, she carries herself more with the feminine touch, I guess. So and then she has a white wife, so she's more accepted, I guess. As opposed to Lena Waithe, where she's, you know, some people may call it radical. Like you said, she cut her hair off. She she dresses boyish. So. It's almost like she's the the lone ranger. She's the only one out there. She's doing this, so the spotlight is on her. But um, yeah. I feel like she's getting more, she's getting more respect. Yeah, I, I agree, and I I think Wanda Sykes kind of paved the path or started to, mm-hmm. and so now Lena is able to fly on that path and and be mm-hmm. a trailblazer in her own right. And push the boundaries of that. But I do think proximity plays a big role. Because Wanda Sykes, like you said, she Wanda Sykes, I feel like she kind of built herself up. But when it came to actually being out, it was like, okay, but I'm next to whiteness because my wife is white. Which, whatever, love who you love. You you got your uh, a little skinny <laughs> white woman. Do your thing. But then you think about Lena Waithe and it's like her meteoric rise, the tracking of it, where is that coming from? And from my knowledge, her proximity was again was to a man, actually. It was mm-hmm. from when people really found out about her talent from that episode of Masters of None, I believe, the Thanksgiving <laughs> episode. Yes. But you you look at who was she around when that started happening. When Mm -hmm. she really started taking off, who was she surrounded by? And it was Mm -hmm. a man, Mm -hmm. you know, that people hold or held. I don't know if they still hold him in the same regard. I mean, because of his allegations. But then, you know, it doesn't really take much for men to have that stuff happen and come back. But that's a whole different show. Mm -hmm. But just looking at that, even still, it was like it's you don't often see a lesbian woman coming up and just dominating without some type of proximity and that's nothing against you know lesbian women that's really any of us like even for gay men to really come up you got to have some type of proximity it's just my point is you see it a lot more for men than you do for women especially for women of color Mm -hmm. 
Okay, so let's get, let's dig a little bit deeper into lesbian culture and maybe teach some gay men some things that we may not know. So <laughs> we know that there are words and there's a language that's very very harmful to our community. Mm-hmm. Both as a whole and the sub communities. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious, are there terms that refer to lesbians that you don't like to hear gay men use? Um, honestly, I used to be this way, like, you know, Oh, I, I, I hate for, you know, people to call gay women dykes. Like I hate that. I hate that. Um, I wouldn't want anybody to call any of us that, or I wouldn't want to call anyone else that, but I mean, the the older I've gotten and the more I've experienced, honestly, I, I personally don't say the word. I don't have a problem with it. Mm-hmm. I don't think I care if a guy says it. If he says it in a derogatory manner, yeah, I might have a problem with it. But other than that, I, I'm okay with it. I know some gay guys, they're like, oh, fish, this, that. But it, it I don't know. It doesn't bother me. Okay. It doesn't bother me. Yeah. Any other words like bull dagger and all that kind of stuff, which if that's offensive to you, I apologize. I'm just trying to facilitate the conversation. Not. No, it's not. Um, No, it doesn't. Honestly, it, it does not bother me. People, people have opinions. They, you know, come up with different names for whatever. It doesn't bother me. I don't take it personal. I don't. Don't take it personal. All right. Anyway. that's that's interesting so but that's I want to make sure that it's clear that that's a personal thing I and not to put words in your mouth so correct me if I'm wrong but I know I and I'm assuming you don't speak for our communities as a whole Mm -hmm. so I was just curious on a one on one level Mm mm-hmm I say that to say, again, if you are listening to this and you're a lesbian woman and one or both of those words or there are other words that offend you, we're not speaking on your behalf. This is just kind of like a one on one conversation. Right. No offense. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. so keeping kind of along those same lines have you ever experienced any type of discrimination or anything of that nature specifically from gay men or have you witnessed it? Like strictly because I was gay or just in general? Just in general. I, I asked that question because like I said before in the community, for example, I know that gay men can be very, very transphobic. Mm-hmm. And so I'm curious if you are aware of, if you've seen it even in passing or heard a story or anything of gay men being, I don't know, misogynistic mm-hmm. towards lesbian women or anything of that nature. Cause I know that is true. That, that happens. But mm-hmm. I usually when the conversation is on gay men being misogynistic is usually towards cis het women. Mm hmm. And I've never really seen the nuance of misogyny towards lesbian women. So I was just curious. Well, I'll say this. Um, in one of my previous jobs, uh, I worked with someone, excuse me, a male that was, you know, he was gay. And, you know, I was out at work. I had a small team of people that I worked with. I was out with them, you know, no biggie. I, I first off, I knew he was gay. I could tell. But he didn't, he never said anything to anyone. Everyone knew, you know, he was, you know, single, not in a relationship, no kids. And, you know, he was very well established. Um, But I don't feel like he actually discriminated against me, but I felt like he, he envied me. He envied, he envied me a lot because he felt like it's easier for you to be out at work. I'm a black man. I can't do that. I'm a leader. I can't do that. So because of that, I felt like sometimes he did treat me different or, you know, he wouldn't, you know, build me up as much as I felt like he could have for some of the things that I've, you know, done for the company. 
So I don't know if you can look at it as discrimination or just or just being envious. I mean, it's both. <laughs> if you, yeah. If you feel like he flat out was not giving you your just praise because he was envious of your ability to be proud in your identity, that's absolutely discrimination to me. Yeah. That's so, kind of textbook, really. Yeah, so I, I did deal with that for a while, and, you know, I didn't understand it. And even as time went on, it was kind of a thing, like, where he, you know, tried to confide in me, like, oh, you know, yeah, this day I came out to my family, and I told them I was gay, and I was like, oh, you know, that's, you know, good for you. It's okay for you to be that way in the workplace. You know, you don't have to not present yourself in a certain way just because you're a male and you're a leader. If you're gay, that's who you are. You don't you don't necessarily have to hide that. I mean, right. It doesn't I mean, make you any less of a good leader just because you're gay. Right. Although, I mean, so. again, we know how that stuff can go. So I get the fear, but mm-hmm. it doesn't make it right for him to treat you a certain type of way because of what he was dealing with yeah that's, yeah, that was that's really really interesting huh and it's funny that you mentioned that because i think we can all agree that men in general trying to hide a part of themselves whatever it may be it doesn't necessarily have to be sexuality mm-hmm and being envious of other people living free, that that envy, that jealousy, it can manifest itself in some very interesting, and by interesting, I mean toxic ways, mm-hmm. as example by what you just told us about your personal experience. It's just, that's, a, that's an interesting emotion and an interesting frame of mind that I can't live freely, so I'm a shit on you mm-hmm. <laughs> because you can. Because nobody should deserve to live free if I can't live free. I feel like men in general, I mean, and this is probably societal conditioning, they put so much pressure on themselves. And I know people family and all that stuff put a lot of pressure on men too but men put a lot of pressure on each other and themselves yeah because you you would think really after you know we're what almost 2020 it should not be such a huge deal for a man to to be gay and be open about it and love who he wants to love dress how he wants to dress all of that stuff but we see uh, let me speak for myself i see it when i subject myself to twitter i see mm-hmm. it on the timeline every day and it manifests itself. people guys are tweeting stuff and they think it's funny and it's like you can just peel back the surface layer and be like bruh you are upset mm-hmm. you are you are very envious of these people because they're living freely and you're not and it doesn't necessarily mean that you are gay but there's something that you are stamping down in your being that's making you react and be hateful towards other people because you can't express that openly. Mm -hmm. And I think another thing it has to do with is being a black man, not just a man, but being a black man. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Because it's like, like they say, when you're black, you have to work twice as hard Mm -hmm. to be just as good. So it's like, you hold a black man to a higher standard and then it's almost like if you're gay, you feel like you have a strike against you. Like I'm gay. So somebody's going to think I'm weak. I don't want them to think that. Right. But being gay doesn't mean that you're weak. And that's the, that's the narrative that we have to change. Right. And like I said, a lot of that comes from, again, it's men putting that pressure on other men Mm -hmm. and family. I think I, I'm not saying that there's no element of women putting that pressure on men because, again, we see that on the timeline, too. Mm -hmm. Women can be just as as bad. They buy into that 
patriarchy just as much and the, the idea of masculinity, which we are now identifying as toxic because yeah. it's harmful to people's psyche to push that on them. So just be. Yeah. Just be. <laughs> just be. Just be and don't worry about it. But again, it's easier said than done. Right. Okay. So, hmm. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Let's switch gears a little bit and let's talk about relationships. So aside from the jokes, because, you know, jokes (laughs) over everything. (laughs) What are a few key differences, in your opinion, between gay relationships and lesbian relationships? Let's see. Honestly. And I know you said jokes aside, all I can honestly, because I don't really know much about gay relationships. All I can speak from is, you know, I guess some stereotypes that I I kind of hear. Um, but honestly, I feel like, of course, women move a lot faster than men do because women, a lot of us, we, you know, we we're constantly going off of emotion that fuels us mm-hmm. as opposed to men where they kind of. Even though the emotions are there, they kind of take things a little bit slower. They take them a lot slower. Not saying that you they get to know one, you know, better than the than the other. Um, but yeah, I can w- see that. W- women move fast. They learn a lot about each other. Like you know, we're on the second date. But look, I'm gonna let's start off with my most traumatic experience ever. Oh my goodness. <laughs> you know, not saying all relationships are like that, but sometimes it's like that. Like they want to lay all the cards out. Like, let me know, like, what are we doing? Like, I don't want to, I don't want to be your friend for, you know, six months. I don't want to do that. Yeah. What are we doing? Are we going to be in a relationship? You know, or God forbid a, ho- a holiday rolls around within the next few months. Like, when am I going to meet the family as opposed to, you know, a gay relationship? Um, I don't know. I guess they take things a lot slower. Mm -hmm. They take slower. So I have a couple of thoughts on that. (laughs) And this is not a drag session for my fellow gay men, but we have to be honest because that's the only way we can grow. Mm -hmm. And so it's interesting that you said you use that example of starting with your most traumatic event at date two. I think that gay men are a lot more traumatized than everyone realizes. I think being a gay man in itself, that realization and coming to to grips with that is traumatic in itself. Mm. And then you you tack on whatever different individual experiences, whether or not it's bad experiences with your family or you have to hide it until you are able to live your life on your own as far as financial security mm-hmm. um, depending on your level of flamboyance and femininity you have a whole other set of issues to deal with and I think a lot of that is trauma that we as men because of how we're conditioned and how we're raised, we don't know how to deal with it. Like it is very true. Women are emotionally more mature, Mm -hmm. but, and I'm a firm believer that that is because the saying is true. Boys are kind of coddled when they're raised and girls are raised. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like as a woman, by the time you hit, for adulthood, for the most part, on average, I would say women are already emotionally developed. So you, yeah. for lesbian women, it's a lot easier for y'all to make those connections because not only are you emotionally mature and you're dealing with your issues in some way, you expect that of the next woman and she expects that of you. So it's like two Lego pieces fitting together. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, relationships are perfect with lesbians because we know y'all are (laughs) volatile and all that type of stuff. But 
there are a lot more instances where you can see women are like, I date for a connection and not for anything else. The rest of it will fall into place if we have that strong bond. Right. Whereas with men, because we're so emotionally stunted for so long, Mm -hmm. it's harder to make those connections and bridge those gaps. Number one. Number two, we're not taught to adequately deal with our sexual urges Mm -hmm. as as youth, because sex is kind of such it's kind of a a, still a taboo topic when you're raising children. Mm hmm. So it's like a lot of us, like for me myself, and I may be an anomaly, but I never really had a sex talk with my parents. Like, but our relationship was a hot mess anyway. So, I mean, I'm the same way. So I I get it. We couldn't get there because we had a lot of other issues, but I don't ever hear of examples of someone, whether it's a parent or not, sitting young men down and saying, look, you do not need to navigate life with what you got between your legs. Yeah. Don't let that guide you in all your decisions. Ooh, this is a word. <laughs> Number three, I feel like because there's a lot of, of repressing of our urges for so long that there's a lot of want to just experience as much as possible yeah and i think men inherently and i don't really know where it comes from but i think men inherently have this idea of the grass is always green on the other side and i'm missing out on something yeah so it's like i don't want to be in a relationship not anything serious on average again because we all know gay couples that have or we've seen it on tv at least that have been together for a long time since their youth and stuff like that. But on average, when you see the conversations about how gays act on these apps, that's where (laughs) it's like, there's all, there's always something better. It's always a a finer man, a a more handsome guy, a a guy with more money or, or whatever the case may be. Like men are always feeling like they're missing out. So you cannot make a real connection with someone if that's what you want to do. If you're always in the back of your mind thinking and looking for the next come up, if that makes sense. No, it does. It makes sense. My final thought. I mean, I could probably go on and on and on. (laughs) I will wrap it up with this final (laughs) thought. I think that it's difficult for gay men to make those connections because they're always chasing youth. Mm -hmm. And so in a lot of instances there's not enough space in your world to chase love and youth Mm -hmm. you kind of have to do one or the other if they come naturally fine but a lot of times i've seen like gays are obsessed with youth and staying young and it's not until they hit those milestone ages that they're like, Oh, this is not that bad. I was looking crazy as hell at 27 thinking my world was going to end at 30. And now I'm 30 and it's the fuck lit. (laughs) You know what I mean? And then with older guys, it's, it's just, it's always a perpetual, just like with men, it's inherent that they feel like the grass is greener on the other side. I think when they get older, it's like the grass is greener over there where it's, where it's, it's seeds. It ain't even grass yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so yeah. be, that pursuit, it makes it hard to, to, to bridge or let me rephrase that pursuit makes it hard to establish those connections. Because again, your mind is so clouded with things that don't have anything to do with the person sitting across from you or that you're getting to know that is it's, it's almost impossible. And I feel like that's why it takes, if you find someone that you like and that likes you and y'all kind of have some type of spark, I feel like sometimes that's why it takes so long for gay men because you have to, you got to wade through all of that murkiness to get to the real. All of that that trauma, all of the, the, the weird goals that we have as far as trying to to preserve our youth and it's just a lot 
that gay men some of it is put on us but a lot of it we put on ourselves for whatever reason i think there's just a lot of factors that go into why gay relationships are so much more difficult and complex than lesbian relationships because y'all on average again not all but some on average y'all do the work on your own or Mm -hmm. you're more willing to help someone that you meet do that work see i I like your your perspective on this because most lesbians they look at it from my perspective like oh lesbian women they they move fast Mm -hmm. they move fast they move fast as opposed to your way of thinking like oh we're more emotionally mature so we we make decisions you know like very earnestly like we Mm -hmm. stand around and we know exactly what we want what we're going to do what we're going to put up with you know there are the few one-offs where you know you go back and forth and yeah where you make a bad decision but at least you still made the decision even if the relationship is volatile it doesn't work out whatever the case may be on average i feel like lesbian women are just better equipped to make those snap decisions and be mm-hmm. like, look, I don't have a lot of time to play. Like, is we trying to have kids? Are we trying to have a family? <laughs> trying to build a life together? Whereas men are like, they don't deal with a lot of the trauma. And they feel like, I'm going to be young forever. So I have time. Let me have fun. This is such an interesting way of looking at it. That's This is a, a really good conversation and a really good way of looking at it. Because <laughs> I look at the you know lesbian relationships from a negative aspect, thinking hey we're moving too fast and like the gay relationships like oh you all are taking it slow like you know you're getting to know each other and you know taking it day by day month by month whatever it may be whereas you say hey you know women you know exactly what you want you're you're making sound decisions hopefully (laughs) (laughs) yeah most times you know you're making sound decisions um whereas men they're more guarded so they, you know, not necessarily string people along, but they take a lot longer to, to, you know, draw those connections. So Yeah, and I think an element of that, too, is that uh, gay men are just, it takes a long time. Again, this probably goes back to emotional maturity and development. Yeah, They take a long time to finally sit down and be honest with themselves about what they want versus mm-hmm. what they need versus what works for them mm-hmm. because you can poll gay men and they'll be like my man gotta be this tall and this muscular with a dick this long and ass this fat and da 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 and then as they get older they'd be like well looks don't matter as much because looks fade like yeah i still want to be attracted to you but you don't have to look like uh, i don't know shamar moore or whoever yeah. And then you get a little older and it's like, okay, you know, dick size doesn't really matter. Like we can I've learned enough over the years that <laughs> I can I can make some concessions on that. And then you know what I mean? It's like over time gay men just start peeling back those layers mm-hmm. of what is it that I really want? What's gonna make me happy? happy inside and out and not just what's going to put up the front of happiness. Like I say, it's very, very deep. And I, I, again, I don't want to make it seem like I'm reading gay men. These are just my observations. I could be totally off. And if I am feel free to let me know, but (laughs) I'm, I'm the type of person that really sits back and observes and really kind of analyzes what it is that I see And I've been doing that a lot over the past few years as far as gay men are concerned. And that's, again, part of the reason why I started this show. Mm -hmm. So I'm just sharing my opinions, I guess. Yes. So last question, and we may have hit a lot of it because I just had a lot of words. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think gay men can learn from lesbians? Um, yeah, like you said, we, we, we did talk about it, but I, in my own words, I feel like just let your guard down. And I mean, it's like you said before, you know, it's easier said than done. This is something that has to be 
taught from, you know, an adolescent growing up, you know, don't let what's between your legs guide you throughout life. It's, it's more than that. Don't let that guide your decisions. Don't let that, you know, cloud cloud your head. Like, there, there's more to life than, than just that. It's, a, it's about connections. Some people might say, oh, you know, I don't want to get married. I don't want this. I don't want that. But everybody, you know, you're not on this earth. You're not meant to be alone. Like, life is about connections, whether it be platonic or, you know, romantic. It's all about connections. So... I feel like men they could they could learn from women not saying that you necessarily have to you know move fast or how I how I perceive it move fast but you know let your guard down peel back those layers you know Mhm get to know people get to know them right. don't, don't always think that you know the grass is greener most of the time it's not <laughs> you know <laughs> or if it is it's not going to stay green very long Okay. <laughs> it might be artificial. Yeah. Um I would say to condense it and not to rehash the stuff that I already said, I would say gay men could probably learn a lot about stability from lesbian women. How sure. to build that firm foundation, whether it's in relationship, whether it's with self whether it's uh, sexually, whether it's with family, workplace, I feel like because at the end of the day, women, or let me rephrase, at the end of the day, lesbians are still women. And women are, as we said earlier, conditioned so differently that there's just an inherent strength. Number one, mm-hmm. it's just you being a woman. But mm-hmm. number two, in the way that you are conditioned by society and by family and whatnot, there's a, a lot more strength there from the beginning or from the early stages. Whereas a lot of times gay men have to find that strength somewhere along the journey. Mm-hmm. And again, that goes back to what I was saying about the trauma and everything. Like you get that strength from going through those traumatic experiences versus women are like i'm strong i've been strong since i was a little girl because that was how i was raised right and so by the time you become a grown woman again you're a lot more stable yeah mentally and 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 emotionally Mm -hmm. spiritually not saying that men aren't strong but like i said a lot of times we have to discover that we have to go through some shit. Yeah, a lot of times that happens a, a lot later in life. Right. Like, I, you know what? I'll use myself as an example. Like, growing up, I was meek. I was not very talkative. I was not sure of myself, especially around family. Now, when I went to school, it was a little different because, you know, I crack jokes and stuff like that. I make people laugh, but I was never, like, a real popular, popular guy. Mm-hmm. And I did not know my own strength. Shout out to Whitney Houston. and it wasn't until i went through the trauma that i did with my parents that i discovered that strength and even then like i had the strength at the time but i didn't know what it was to me i was just surviving Mm -hmm. and it wasn't until i looked back on it years later in therapy And it was actually my therapist at the time that pointed out, like, you have to understand that you went through something that was very, very traumatic. Mm -hmm. And you are stronger and better because of it. And I Mm -hmm. said, oh, okay, well, well, shit, I did that, didn't I? You know, (laughs) whereas with women, it's like, you know, I've been strong, hell, too strong to the point where I take on too much and I need help. So I think that's one of those fundamental differences. But I definitely think gay men can learn a lot about stability from mm-hmm. our lesbian sisters. Mm-hmm. So any parting thoughts before we wrap this up? Uh, just to just to add on a little bit to what you just said. Uh, I know I'm going. I'm about to go off on a tangent, but <laughs> <laughs> but how you said, you know, women are conditioned that way from when they're young, like to be strong. 
and you know kind of like that nurturing person to when they you know get older so it's easier for them um emotionally most of the time to like make connections and stuff I feel like you know that's it's a it's a gift and a curse because from a young age you're always taught to be so strong and you know stand on your own too you don't need anything and for so long you do that to the point to where you get older and it's like you sometimes you have that that moment where like you're you're depressed or you know you're going through anxiety like mm-hmm. like am I really am I really strong enough to take on all of this like you know you start to second guess yourself mm-hmm. even though you still have that strength within you because you know that's how you were raised so sometimes I feel like even though it's a good thing to be brought up that way sometimes it can it it, it kind of comes back and, and it hits you and you have to you know go down and then you have that moment to where you you elevate again so yeah i agree like i said sometimes that conditioning can kind of backfire mm-hmm. and i also think just because women's station in life is so much different than men's that that strength from necessity it just it burns you out yeah but that's different than discovering strength because of of experiences like not to say that that doesn't happen with women too but women especially black women in my experience a lot of times have more of a fuck it i'll do it myself or i'm just i i gotta do what i gotta do because ain't nobody gonna do for me mentality whereas men just you know we survive until we finally get to a point where we start to learn and do better and if we're gonna be honest a lot of times that doesn't happen with men Mm -hmm. hell because i think we've all speaking to my gays out there (laughs) (laughs) i think we've all come across a nigga in his 40s or his 50s and it's like you still on this fuckboy shit you ain't learned nothing (laughs) just saying i just had to put that out there you know i don't want y'all to make it growth is not universal it's not it's not it is not universal it's a pattern but it's not universal every every person that you come across every woman you come across is not going to be like that there's trash women out there there's women that are emotionally stunted and whatnot a word just like there's men out there that had experiences where they had to have that strength that Mm -hmm. you would usually expect from a woman personal experiences do matter but you know we're talking about average trends and it's like, eh. <laughs> so, uh, so this was a really, really good conversation. And I, I feel like we both went a lot deeper than we were expecting to go. And yeah. to me, that was dope. Yes. So I want to thank you again for agreeing to be on the show and bringing your thoughts and all of that good stuff thank you for having me i'm honored that you even that you even asked listen i was (laughs) like man i was like i need more women on the show i'm like where are all the women that i follow but and then i was like but i need like women in the community and then i I was like when you're one i think it was one day your podcast popped up in my app and i was like duh you got people right there with your dumb ass <laughs> <You're> so, <stupid. laughs> so tell people where they can find you and your show all right you can find me my personal page on instagram is i'm ali al the show's uh page is bsic pod that's our name across all platforms that's instagram facebook as well as twitter you can find us there and my co-host her name is jazz you can find her on instagram as well at jasmine one three zero seven yeah so okay all of that will be in the show notes and brown sugar iced tea is a part of the pods by cupac directory so if you go to pods by and put in brown sugar iced tea that entry will pop up and all of that information will be there as well ali yes. again thank you so I, much so, so. thank you thank, thank you so you. much for having- all right, so that is going to wrap up this episode of Gay Side Stories, one of my personal favorites. I really did enjoy this conversation with Allie. Shout out to her. Remember, guys, GaySideStories.com is the hub 
for more information send in those letters and suggestions or whatever to gay side stories at gmail.com if you feel so inclined you like what i'm doing and you want to support me please go over to apple Podcasts and leave a five-star rating and if you really love me you can write a review i would really appreciate that Remember, you can also find me over on Ratchet Ramblings with Jeremy and Candice discussing black reality TV shows. That is on the CSBN Podcast Network. Thank you so much for listening, supporting me. Shout out to all of my podcast peers on this International Podcast Day. I see you. I love you all. I appreciate y'all and... Let's just keep supporting and uplifting each other. That's that's what we, we need to be doing out in these, as John says, grassroots podcast streets. And that's all I have. So as always, you guys, remember, love yourself. And whether you're top, bottom, verse, or oral only, or however you get down, if you're into feet or, you know, titties or whatever you like, make sure that you protect your walls because they will do what? If you don't, they will crumble. And you'll be out here looking crazy as hell. I'm out. See you guys next week.